1: Check us out online, packer.net.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadam. Well, we've got a bit of a problem here today, and it's—I guess—it's not a bad problem; it's a good problem. Football's back, and there's a lot of news. The problem that we're going to have is there are things that happen today, and maybe I just got to get out of off-season mode because off-season, it's like you got to take every little detail and turn it into this big thing. Um, And I got to switch into regular season mode where lots of stuff happens and I got to condense it down. But we have had our first actual training camp. I took detailed notes and I am ready and and excited to go through every single note of that, how the players did, all that. And um, prior to that, we had Gutekunst and Lafleur talking for the first time in a long time. So I want to talk about that. I have notes on Gutekunst, I have notes on Lafleur. I have notes on every single position group for training camp, but then we had Aaron Rodgers come out and did not do what I said he was going to do, which is to kind of just, you know, not, not necessarily brush it off, but try to move quickly through this. He took every question, seemed like he took a lot of time, he wanted to take a lot of time, he wanted to answer all the questions, he wanted to be as open and transparent and thorough as he could possibly be. And he did exactly that, and so that is one of the best press conferences that has happened in Green Bay since I've been doing this podcast for sure, and um, then after that happened and my jaw was on the floor and I was all full of like chills and mixed feelings and confusion and excitement and sadness and all <laughs> all the weird stuff that happened after that interview, then Devontae comes out and he's very open and transparent and gives us everything. It seems like part of this negotiation was um, no more coach speak. <laughs> we, we don't uh, give you coach speak anymore. We tell you exactly how we feel. At least that's what Devontae and Rodgers have decided. They have decided we're too big to, uh, you know, just play these games, and we're going to tell you exactly what's on our mind. I'm... I'm... So the, what I did with Gutt and Lafleur is I kind of just took notes on other people's notes. Um, I didn't necessarily watch it. I just saw everybody basically reported every single word and, uh, went through that way. And I was going to do that with Rogers. And I thought, no, I need to hear this because when I saw the kind of stuff he was saying, I need to hear and see and feel and understand everything that's going on. And I didn't timestamp it. I just let it run. And I said, we're going to let this whole interview run and I'm going to interject and we're going to comment on it. And I really want to do that. And I think that that's an important thing to do. That's 31 minutes, dude. <laughs> it's... I mean, with with my commentary, it's easily an hour just going through the interview. So I'm I'm not entirely sure what to do. Maybe the best thing to do is to let that marinate. And I know that's stupid um, because this is this is the thing of the day, right? This is what everybody's talking about. And so I don't. I don't... <sighs> no, you know what? We're doing it. We're do- if, if this is all we do today is go through the interview, then that's what we're going to do. And I will try to be quick and. I, you know, I don't know. This is, just, this is what we're doing today. And if it doesn't sound interesting to you, then that's, you know, I don't know. Probably be a long one, too. Anyways, I do want to say, the um, obviously, the audience numbers have exploded as uh, people tune in for the news, but also for just the regular season starting back up. There's a big audience coming back. So I do want to uh, plug patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you appreciate the work that I do here, you can join in for as little as $1 per month. Big, giant, massive thank you to Brandon Bellinger for upping his pledge. I really appreciate that, and that is an option if uh, you want to support and you already support on Patreon. If you're doing a buck, do two bucks, you know, whatever, I don't know. And thank you very much to Dennis Dockery for jumping in on Patreon. Thank you very much for your support as well. Also, Palmer Home for Children is a charity that we are supporting. It is a home for uh, children in need that need a place to be away from their home who have experienced trauma and things of the like. Uh, we are over $1,000 already. I'm very, very excited about that. We are running this through Labor Day. We've already met all the goals, but um, um, all the money is still going to go to them, and there's still obviously a uh, a lot of expenses for them. So if you'd like to consider that again, uh, the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, it's pinned to the top. Uh, my Twitter, it's pinned to the top, or reach out to me directly, and uh, we'll figure out how to, how to get the support where it needs to be. <sighs> all right, I, I guess...
0: Learn more at marines.com. Aaron, uh, what was this all about for you? I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, I think, you know, there was uh, a lot of things that transpired. This wasn't, uh, you know, a draft day thing, you know. Uh, This was, uh, started with a conversation in February um, At the season ended. And I just expressed, you know, my desire to be uh, more involved in conversations that directly affected my job. Um, also uh, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way that some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated. Um, and just the fact that we didn't retain uh, a number of uh, players that I felt like were core players to our foundation, our locker room, high character guys. I'm talking about Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, James Jones, um, John Kuhn, Brett Goode, TJ Lang, Brian Balaga, Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, guys who were you know, exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high character guys, many of them who weren't offered a contract at all or were extremely low-balled, or were, you know, maybe in my opinion not uh, given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserved. Um, And then it kind of progressed from there into a commitment for the 2021 season and beyond. Uh, That really wasn't uh, given at any time. So for me... I had to assess the situation, not necessarily wanting to be a lame duck quarterback, especially after an MVP season, which I think you can understand. Um, And then the other part uh, in in February was wanting to be a part of conversations involving free agents, uh, which has never happened in my career. Um, You know, I've I've trained with a number of NFL guys most of my career in the off-seasons. Um, my agency, at first, has had a number of high draft picks over the years. Uh, I've tried to pass along information. Um, hasn't really been uh, used, shall we say? Um, so I wanted to offer up my services as a recruiter. You know, uh, and I think we can all understand. You know, Green Bay isn't. Uh, uh, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me, uh, to play with our team, and and knowing that they can win a championship here. And the fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. Um, As that progressed from that point, nothing really changed on that front. So we got into March and the conversation changed, Um, as I felt like, uh, if you can't commit to me past 2021 and I'm not a part of recruiting process and for agency, if I'm not a part of the future, then instead of letting me be a lame duck quarterback, if you want to make a change and move forward, then go ahead and do it. Um, That obviously didn't happen. Uh, like I said, it wasn't a draft day thing. There were conversations for uh, a number of months leading up to that post the draft. I think what basically happened was then they said uh, You know, we'll, we'll give you some we'll give you some money now. Let's see if we can throw some money at you I said from the start it wasn't about the money um, Obviously, I didn't show up for the offseason program Or mini camp to me. It was bigger than this. It was about uh, trying to be a resource for the organization that I care about and love so much um, So when the money came at me the other part is the backstory to that is you know after the season There was a part of me that did think that there would be Conversation about an extension, you know based on my cap number this season next season It seemed natural based on the way I played To at least have a conversation about it It wasn't a conversation uh, Not until into May and that, to me, seemed like uh, an analogy that you guys understand. You guys have a fantastic year at work. You write some great stories. You go to your boss and say, I just had an incredible year. I think I deserve a pay raise or, uh, you know, some security. And the boss says, "Yeah, let's just see how it goes. A couple months down the line, you get another job opportunity. You go back to your boss and say, hey, I got this amazing job opportunity. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 we, we love you. We want you to we do want you to stick around. We, you know, we do, we do care about you. Just have the same uh, feeling, you know, and so, you know, I I said it wasn't about the money, and and the way that felt, you know, kind of just doubled down on that. Uh, Nothing really changed throughout the summer. Uh, There were some, obviously, some developments in the last week or so, but, you know, I was really working on myself and my own mental state throughout the summer, and, and, uh, at, at various points, deciding if I wanted to even keep playing. But, uh, you know, the fire still burns and I wanted to uh, I wanted to be on a football team. And um, we got some things figured out in the last few days and I'm here.
1: So Aaron Rodgers spent nearly six minutes laying this whole thing out. Um, so again, he really wanted, he talked a lot about how he really wanted to kind of keep this under wraps and not have a public fight, and and I think the way we'll handle this is, depending on how much we can cover here, we can probably skip a lot of the other questions, but he didn't want to have like a public display, a public fight, a, a, you know, it's it's all behind closed doors, we're working on it, right? As far as he's concerned, he didn't want the fans to know about any of this, right? Why, why are you not telling me? I, I wish you didn't even know, right? But it seems like he really wants to get at least his side of the story out. We've heard Gutekunst and Lafleur, and again, they've even been kind of sheltered themselves, and there are quite a few seemingly conflicting reports from Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't really know what the situation is, but let's try to take this. I should have been taking notes, but I wasn't in order. So number one, he says the first thing he talked about was helping the organization correct some of the issues that there have been. Now, a couple things. First of all, this is the one thing I've said, if there's something about this organization that I think is maybe a problem, and I don't exactly know how it works, and I don't know how other organizations operate, but I know that I heard from Mike McCarthy how he got let go, and I've told you this several times, and it really bothered me, and I was very angry at the time, and I was very ready for him to be gone, and I was was celebrating, basically, when he got let go. Not to make it sound cold, I appreciate the guy, but I was so fed up with this team. I was so tired of hearing Mike McCarthy talk about, you know, this year we're going to rebuild this offense. This year we're going to innovate. This year we're going to change. And it's the same tired old offense. And you want to talk about wasting Aaron Rodgers. It was wasting Aaron Rodgers' time. And not just him, but all the other talent that came and went in that time span. Including Randall Cobb, by the way. But even so, according to Mike McCarthy, and it sounds like this is Accurate because it's the same thing that Aaron Rodgers is talking about here that a lot of other people have experienced. But according to Mike McCarthy, it was a, s- a few seconds the conversation. Uh, Mark Murphy sent somebody to go get uh, Mike. He said, Hey, uh, Mark wants to see you. So he went upstairs, probably knowing exactly what was going to happen. Not sure if he even had time to sit down. Mark essentially said, uh, We're going to go in a different direction. And that was the whole meeting. And again, I'm sure there were other words or things, uh, you know. Said and maybe at that moment it's hard to give a whole spiel about how much you know you mean and but you got to make an effort, man. Uncomfortable or not, that's 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 crazy. And it sounds like several other players have gone that way. Um, I've I've talked a lot about how I agree a lot with what the Packers do and how they do it. Uh, even Aaron Rodgers goes on to say it's you know it's I understand it's hard to argue with an organization that's had as much success as it's had. There is a way that they do business, and that's the way that they do business. And I do think it's a very cold and calculating approach, but I think it's the cold that's that's problematic. And there are certain things Aaron Rodgers wants that I think maybe I understand where the organization is coming from, but even if you choose not to do it, there's a way to go about doing it. Even if you listen to Aaron Rodgers, there's a way to hear him and say, I don't agree that isn't just straight up disregarding him and and casting him off like he's some scrub. And I don't want to go too far in the other direction now and start trashing the organization as being this, that, or the other, because I don't exactly know what happened. But I will say that I I get a distinct hint of pride. And I think Rodgers has it too, and that's probably where a lot of this conflict comes from. But I think there is a a part of Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy that sees Aaron Rodgers come up to them and say, I would like to help you... You know, it's even the way he phrased it, I want to help you guys fix some of the mistakes you're making. Who do you think you are? You know what I mean? Like that kind of an attitude. And I can understand that. If I ran a business and one of my employees is like, look, man, I've been here for a while. Why don't you let me help you fix this? Because you don't know what you're doing. All right, you guys are kind of making some mistakes. Why don't you let me run some stuff? You don't even have to pay me more. I'll, I'll just help you because you suck. Get out of my office. How about that? I want you. Why don't you let me uh, figure out how to get some free agents in here? Get out. Now, again, th- that's not officially my take. I'm just saying. I think that that's a thing, and part of me understands it because you know. Again, this is the culture. This is, and it's it's bred deep. Not just Green Bay. This is NFL culture. And Brian Gutekunst has been brainwashed in this system. And I use brainwashed because it has a negative connotation. But he's been brainwashed in this. This is the way you do business. And I do think he's very good at his job. I do. And I think Aaron Rodgers thinks he is too. I just think that they don't get along. And I think that Aaron Rodgers doesn't feel respected. And it's probably because he's not. I think Brian Gutekunst respects him as a football player. And that's it. And the idea that Aaron Rodgers thinks that he can do Brian Gutekunst's job, I think makes him upset. And I do think that there's a level of animosity there. I do think Brian Gutekunst maybe, and Mark Murphy maybe, again, I don't want to go too far in the other direction. I think maybe there is a level of arrogance to say, you know, how dare you even suggest such a thing? Possibly. But again, the one thing that I have consistently said that I I don't like are the reports of treating people badly. Um, For a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, they put on a big show about treating people right. You know, I mean, as far as putting up statues for Ted and doing all this stuff, and they they talk a big game. Even, uh, I don't know if it was at the Gutekunst press conference today, which would mean it's in my notes, and we'll talk about it probably tomorrow or maybe today, because I might just run with what we got here, or what, but he, he said that there is a misconception, basically, that we don't treat our players well, and that couldn't be further from the truth, and and I do think it depends what you mean, right? I mean, for example, I think Brian Gutekunst and Ted Thompson and Ron Wolf and those guys felt that they tra- treated the Packers really well, their players really well, because they're a team that prioritized their guys, and they did, they've always done that. We drafted you. We picked you. We're going to invest in you. We're going to trust in you. We're going to coach you. We're going to bring you up right, and we're going to pay you, and we're going to pay you well. And that's why they didn't lose guys. I know Devontae's lingering. I still have confidence in that. But that's why. And they did do a good job of retaining their guys. And they did trust in their guys. And they did pay their guys. And I think in their mind, we do the right things by our guys in those ways. And there is a cold side to the to the business, no question, and you have to have that that part of you that's able to, every single year, multiple times a year, look a guy dead in his face and say, you can't be here anymore, pack your stuff. And some of these guys, their, their entire livelihood hinges on your decision, and your decision was to just walk up to them, say, pack up your stuff, go back to your family, and tell them, I don't know what we're going to do. And that's tough. But if that's an issue, that needs to get cleaned up. And I don't care if this is a guy who's been on the team for five, you know, if we're talking about... Clay Matthews, or if we're talking about Delegola or whatever the quarterback's name was that we let go. You, you treat him with respect as a human being, but especially the guys like Clay, there needs to be a a, a, a real heart-to-heart. And I, and, I, and listen, if it's me, and, and let's say we're talking about Mike McCarthy. First of all, I'm going to meet you in person. Second of all, it's not just going to be me. I'm going to grab some guys. I'm going to grab Gutekunst, I'm gonna grab a bunch of other guys, you know, whoever else I think needs to be there. I'm gonna go find you in person, and I'm gonna say, hey, let's go have a let's go have a chat. And we're gonna have, and if it looks, and it, and if he's mad and wants to get up and storm out, that's fine. But I I want to talk to you, and I want to tell you how much I appreciate everything you've done, and I want you to know that I I wanted so desperately for this season to go well, so that I could give you this big extension for however many years. But you know, this just isn't working, man. And I'm gonna do everything I can to support you. And, and, you know, talk to other people if they're looking for coaches. and if there's any way we can, you know, find some work for you down the road, we're, we're going to try to do that and support you and, and your family and, and all that stuff. But at this particular point in time, we just can't. It's just it's just not working. And I don't know why, but we we got to start the process of, of figuring that out, and, and we're going to have to go in another direction. I mean, just let them know that I really care. I mean, again, if it's true that that was all it was. We're going in a different direction, and then that was the whole conversation. That's crazy to me. So I do agree with that portion of it. Aaron Rodgers then went on to talk about sort of phase two of this situation where he really felt that um, after an MVP season, things would have changed. And, And by changed, it means he was starting to feel like maybe they were moving on because, of course, in a sense, they are. Like I've said before, As soon as, when you're that age and you sign that big of a contract, there's a target on your back. And that's true not just of Aaron Rodgers, of everybody. The goal of Brian Gutekunst, as horrible as it sounds, is to find guys, have those guys get trained up, make them really, really good, pay them a ton of money, and then as quickly as possible, find somebody younger and cheaper and better to replace them. That's that's his entire job. And as much as we say, well, that's not true of Aaron Rodgers, that's true of everybody else, but it shouldn't be true of Aaron Rodgers. Of course it is. It is true. And Aaron Rodgers knows that. And again, and I, I get where he's coming from. I, I was the one that posited even the theory that, you know, he's looking at it going, this is an MVP season. This is my last chance to really negotiate here. And the Packers didn't approach him. They didn't come to him and say, hey, man, uh, you know, this is it. You're our guy. Now, that is, and again, this is his his version of the story. And, and it is a little odd to me because it does seem like the Packers changed their tune. They went from we'll see what happens to we really want Aaron to be here. But Aaron was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. Those, those are the, and, and even the Packers have said, we want him here in 2021 and beyond. He's our guy. And Rodgers has made it very clear in this interview, the Packers have not expressed that to him, that they want him here in 2021 and beyond. And I had somebody who was talking to me about how, well, they didn't offer him, a, him an extension. Well... We know they offered him a contract. We don't know if it was an extension or if it was just more money. But even if it's more money, with more money is going to come more assurance. I mean, we, we can't give you additional money and, and still trade you next year. That's impossible unless there are zero guarantees attached to that money, which would be ridiculous, right? We're going to make you the highest paid quarterback in football, but it's all fake money. There's no way that was the contract that was offered to him. So I don't exactly know somebody's flat out lying about this. The Packers are saying we want him to be the guy, which is always weird to me because it's like, it, you know, are, are you sure about that? Um, and Rodgers has made it seem like that's certainly not the case. He wants them to give him assurances and they're not giving him assurances. I don't know. Here's the thing about that. And again, I know most people are going to say, well, Rodgers is different than everybody else. Rodgers is not the only person in that situation. Rodgers is in the exact same situation as about half this football team right now where there's a pile of guys looking for money, and the question is, what are we going to do? Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, and a lot of guys that were looking for new contracts, right? David Bakhtiari got paid at the beginning of the season, obviously. But a lot of those guys had expiring contracts, and they got it all worked out. The rest of the team are uber-talented guys that are looking for new contracts, many of whom expire next year. And so it kind of came down to what are we going to do to free up money, and and my question was who's going to get an extension? We kind of thought Aaron, or some people thought Aaron Rodgers was, but I wasn't really sure necessarily, because I didn't know what the Packers' plans were. But but I thought well maybe Adrian Amos, right? Another guy that just has had a phenomenal year. Obviously this is a guy that we can extend, and and you know even from Aaron Rodgers' own words, when you have a season like that, you expect to get paid. Devontae in the next interview, when you have a season like that, you expect to get paid. The problem is half the team's got their hand out going, hey, I've played really well, where's my money? And the Packers are going, dude, I I can't, I don't know. We can't pay everybody the money that they're owed. If we paid Devontae and Jair and Aaron Rodgers and Zadarius Smith and Adrian Amos and all these guys that really deserve that money, we wouldn't have any. So what, what Gutekunst has even said and what is true is some of these guys are getting cut next year and we have to make hard decisions. And the Packers have deferred all of it. And I kind of wish they would have made some decisions, but they decided we're not going to make any decisions. And they just tinkered with everybody's contract. They just shifted a little bit of money around and pushed it out of the way so that next year, that's when they have to start making tough decisions. Some guys get extensions, some guys get cut. And so the Packers want to keep that same flexibility with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers saying, that's not fair. I deserve better. And he does, but so do all the other guys. And Aaron Rodgers is also in a tough spot because... They drafted a quarterback, whether you like it or not, that they really, 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 really like. George, Matt LaFleur believes that he can be the next great quarterback. He really genuinely believed that this is the guy. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, I don't know. But Matt LaFleur looked at him and said, this guy's a perfect fit. He's an absolutely perfect fit. And and obviously, and this is, while well, you drafted him too early. What option do they have? What, what what Can they be like, hey, let's draft him in 2022 instead? Jordan Love's available when Jordan Love's available. And this that, that's such a, a terrible narrative. Well, you drafted a quarterback too early. You don't get to choose when a quarterback falls into your lap at the end of the first round. I mean, they did have to trade up, but still. I mean, th- that was a quarterback that they don't, in their mind, and maybe it's a be- poor evaluation of Jordan Love. I don't know. This is, a, this is the guy that they've been waiting for. This is the guy that they've wanted. This is the guy Matt LaFleur says, this is it. He can do it. Obviously, there's been a couple others, but they're going in the top 10. Packers are picking in the high 20s. So we're going to risk the future of the franchise, not pick the best player available, not pick the unicorn quarterback that falls in the draft because he's not going to start right away and because Rodgers might be mad. No, they just did what they always do, and Rodgers didn't like it very much. And I think the Packers were just hoping that Rodgers would handle it like every other player handles it. When when somebody gets drafted, that's probably going to replace you. Like Kevin King is handling the fact that Eric Stokes is going to at some point take his job. Might not be this year, might be next year, might be week one. But again, you've got sort of the cold calculating Packers who follow a very strict process and have done nothing malicious, who are now head to head with Aaron Rodgers, who's looking at this from a very personal standpoint. I understand you got a process. I understand it's a business, but I'm a human being, and I don't think you're treating me fairly. And those two things just don't intersect. It doesn't compute. It's not about fair. It's a process. We're following a process. And and the Packers are probably even looking at Rodgers like, "Dude, you're you're reading too much into this. We're not 100% getting rid of you. We just haven't made decisions on who stays and who's go." And even Rodgers, you know, he's looking at it like, "Well, I, you know, he just doesn't want to have to be that he feels, he feels, and again, a lot of fans probably feel this way too, he shouldn't have to go through what Zedarius and Amos are going through and Preston is going through and Aaron Jones went through and a lot of guys who are in their final years hoping that they get re-signed but know that they might not. He's saying, I shouldn't have to go through that. I was MVP. I should just get an automatic extension despite the fact that I, you know, unlike a lot of these other guys, you know he's done in a couple of years. It's not like a 26-year-old guy. So we're, we're talking about he wants an extension to the point where I don't know if Jordan Love ever takes a snap. So we might be getting rid of that pick for maybe two more years of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not I'm not trying to take a side. I'm just trying to see where this is the conflict. It's two different visions just looking past each other. Aaron Rodgers makes total and complete sense what he's talking about. But I'm saying I, I can understand the process. And you can say drag your feet if you want. But if you make a decision about Rodgers today, you're also making a decision about somebody else. We may just cut Zedarius. So Zedarius, who could possibly be here for many more years, is getting cut so that Rodgers can play a couple more years. And if you're fine with that, you're fine with that. And we can roll with either Preston and Rashawn, or we cut Preston too, and we got Rashawn and nobody. But, you know, the Packers have some real tough decisions, and the bottom line is they don't know what direction to go. And I think they're, well, it's, it's twofold. It's not just that they don't know what direction to go. They don't want to have to cut anybody because this is is the ultimate all-in year, and they just want everybody back. They want the band back together, and they just want peace and harmony, and let's just go all-in. And and a lot of these guys are looking at it going, yeah, but it looks like you're going to get rid of me next year. And it's like, look, I don't know what we're doing next year, but this is what all-in looks like. We do everything we can now, and then next year, a lot of you guys are getting fired. That's what all-in is. And all the fans have been screaming about all-in this whole time. This is what you asked for, so don't you dare complain about it. When all these guys start getting cut, don't start talking about, you know, the front office failed. No, they just went all in and they they spent tomorrow's money today. So again, I get what Rodgers is saying. And he has a right to say, look, I deserve better, I want better and I'm not going to play here if you're just going to, you know, mess me around like this. And the Packers may, you know, they they could have budged if they chose to. They could have said, "You know what? Um we're just going to have to make this decision. We got to work it out with Rodgers." And again, I don't know what the details were that, that he was... I'm sure it's not as though he would have just taken anything. There were other details. He says it's not about money, but obviously there's something that he... there are, There's criteria. So it's... it's The reality is, and a lot of people are like, well, yeah, we're done after this year because Rodgers is leaving. Well, maybe, maybe not. And I hope that they can come to some kind of a, a, a thing where, you know, maybe Rodgers does... T- like I said yesterday... I kind of hope he does take a bigger role, and I hope that he does bring in a bunch of people, and I hope we have a lot of success, and we realize this is a great formula, and I hope we keep Aaron Rodgers for another five years, and we just keep this thing running, because why not? It's unlikely that that's going to be the case, but, you know, maybe. But anyways, it's it's not just that um, Rodgers is gone. It's that a lot of people are gone. We just don't know which one. It's the nature of of, of the business. And, and I don't mean that to sound like, well, it's, it's the, just the nature of this cold entity that, where they just want to ax people. They literally don't have enough money. And the reason they don't have enough money is because they paid their guys really well to be here. And there's a lot of really good football players, and they can't all stay. So they deferred it. They said, next year, we're screwed. But this year, all in. They gave us what we all have been asking for, and they've got nothing but grief about it. Made Aaron Rodgers mad. Made the fans mad. Fans still don't think we're going all in because unless you bring in some, you know, garbage forty-two-year-old guy with a big name that was good fifteen years ago, um, you're not going all in. So, but again, I, I get what he's saying. I do think that that is probably the problem. I, I think I, I think we tend to demonize a little quickly, and that's not to say the Packers maybe didn't do this wrong or the wrong way or whatever but we 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 attribute malice to something that isn't malicious. It's not they're doing this because they hate him. They're stuck. They're stuck in a tough spot. They gave no extensions. Maybe they I, somebody's going to I'm one of the, oh so also got an extension. From what I remember, any as far as any big contracts, everybody's contract just got tinkered with. Zadarius got tinkered with, Preston got tinkered with, a lot of void years, a lot of stuff to just push money out, but it was all in an attempt to not commit to anybody long-term, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that, and um, just just give it one last ride. And that's what we're experiencing. So like I said, we, we got to just kind of enjoy it. I don't know who's staying and who's going. I hope that this doesn't sow con- additional disc. And listen, I think, it, I'll be honest, I, I know it doesn't sound like it. I'm probably 75% on board with Rodgers and what he's saying. I do want him more involved. I do think the Packers need to fix the way that they interact with their players and the communication that they have, especially in sensitive times like letting guys go. Now, he also did mention about letting guys go. couple points on that. Number one, and, and I, I kind of talked to somebody about this yesterday, which seems a little conflicting. Somebody was mad saying, why didn't they offer Randall Cobb a contract? He was willing to come back for like the veteran minimum. In other words, why don't you just offer them something? Well, they did that with Jordy Nelson and the, the front office got absolutely annihilated for lowballing him so much. And even Roger said that. Some people don't get contracts at all and some people get lowballed. Well, wait a minute, <laughs> you, you can't get mad at both things. If the point is, we can't keep you here for this much money, we can do one of two things. We can lowball you and say, take it or leave it. Or we can just not insult you and just let you walk. But you can't be insulted by both things. So that's unfair as far as the front office, probably getting it wrong a few times. And, and I think that's all, you know, if you look at Charles Woodson, he was willing to take a pay cut and he still played really well. I don't know the details. I don't know how much cap we had. I don't know any of that stuff. Um, but that could be considered a miss. But that, that isn't, again, it's not about malice. It's about maybe they just did it a year too early. And the Packers have always said and, and have been a team that is ready to cut a guy a year too early rather than a year too late. And, and what somebody else brought up, which I think is a, a very fair question and a very good question is, you know, looking at if, if a guy like Ted Thompson didn't have that kind of philosophy, you might not be standing here today because at some point they looked at Brett Favre and they said, you're a Hall of Famer. You deserve all the accolades and all the respect. You are probably the biggest figure player in franchise history, opposite, aside from maybe Bart Starr. Maybe. He was due all the—of course, he was due a lot more respect than Aaron Rodgers was. Aaron Rodgers was a nobody. But it was because of that cold and calculating process that Ted Thompson said, you know what? What we do here, we look for the young guys, and we try to develop the young guys, and we try to give them a shot. And we're going to give this young guy a shot. And Rodgers said, look, it was a different situation. Well, it was, but it wasn't. It was, but it wasn't. You know, he, He was talking about retirement. He was talking about all this stuff, which, by the way, Rodgers is too. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to that particular process. And that is fair because everything has two sides. We can look at it and say you're you're an absolute monster for letting Julius Peppers go. But at the end of the day, you got to remember when Julius Peppers leaves, somebody fills that spot. There's a young guy who's trying to fight his way up, who's trying to make a name, who's trying to do something in in the NFL. They're giving that guy a shot. And maybe they're wrong. I don't know. But that's the NFL. It's about finding younger guys and bringing them up and replacing these guys. Because guess what? Football players don't play into their 60s. It's a game of replacements. So, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I, I guess, how do you, what do you even do about that? Because first of all, you can't afford it because as guys get older, they get more expensive. So even if you're talking about giving them lessened um, contracts, you got to understand, even look at a guy like Randall. We're only paying him $5 million, only. Do you understand the vast majority of the team makes a lot less than $5 million? Vast majority? He's still going to be technically one of the highest paid guys on this team at $5 million per year. So when I say they're giving younger guys a shot, less expensive guys a shot, I mean less expensive, not discounted, but still extremely highly paid. So so again, what is the process here? You, you can't cut like Corey Lindsley. Shouldn't have let him go. I agree. And I think in, in, in a perfect world, the Packers would agree. If there was no salary cap and there were no roster limits, Corey Lindsley would still be here. But there is a salary cap and there are roster limits. And so, you know, we can look back at a pile of guys and say, you've been disrespectful, you'll cut all these guys. Should they still be here today? Again, I've already conceded that the way you let them go matters. And I will also obviously concede that the Packers have messed up some of the evaluation. Micah Hyde is probably the biggest one. And, and even at the time, I was mad that they got rid of him because I thought he was underutilized. I thought he was always under The Packers never appreciated him. He was always better than basically most of the secondary, and they hardly ever played him, and then they got rid of him. And of course, he went on to dominate and still is a very good football player, and that was silly. But that's not what we're talking about. It's the idea that if if you're a veteran and you're good and you're good for the locker room, you should stay. It sounds nice, but there there has to be something more concrete than that. And and, and, and maybe, I think there is something here. I think there does need to be something a little less cold and calculating. You know, maybe, you know, especially if you're being silly and, and say, you know, if, if we move on from Josh or uh, Corey Lindsley because he's really expensive and he's going to cost a ton of money, and then we draft a guy in the second round who we really think can be the guy, plus we've got Elton and we've got a bunch of guys waiting in the wings, okay, you can kind of see that. But, you know, for example, if we get rid of a guy like Randall Cobb, you know, we get rid of Cobb and Nelson basically within five seconds of each other because we've got who waiting in the wings. You know, I mean, I mean, at some level, you got to be realistic. Do we have a second round pick waiting that we think can take over? Do we even have like an Amari Rogers that we think can be the guy? A guy that we've watched for a year or two years, that we we we've seen the development. We think, you know what, he can take the mantle. If you don't have it, maybe let's wait. And again, you know, there's so there's so many, so much nuance and so much here. I, I can't I don't remember the details of, of every free agent and every person we had, every rookie that we drafted. But I do think that there's probably something here. And this is why dialogue is important. And why I think Aaron Rodgers should be somewhat involved in these things, which brings me to free agency. I agree almost entirely, but I, I as he was talking, I tried to think logistically how this works with Aaron Rodgers being more involved, not just in free. I mean, free, let, let me break it down. Free agency Aaron Rodgers should be involved in, period. Period, end of, end of discussion. But I want to start, before we get into that, personnel moves. He was upset about getting rid of Kumro, who he said was the second best guy in camp, and, and a few other guys. Logistically, I have a problem with it. In theory, I don't. Um, At least asking them, like, tell me what you think of the guy. Like, if you've got a guy like Kumaro, and it's like, this guy is really coming on, he's really getting it. He's, you know, maybe the NFL or the coaching evaluation is that he just doesn't quite have what I need. But Rodgers is saying, I trust the guy, I rely on the guy. Everybody loves him. He's perfect for our locker room, he's perfect for our culture. Find somebody else. It's not like we saved a bunch of money getting rid of Kumaro you know, get rid of a guy like Equinemius. And I I hate to even say that. I don't mean to even put his name out there. I wish the best for all these guys and everything, but I'm just saying, you know, or or Malik Taylor or whatever. And it's not that I want them gone. I don't. But if Rodgers is saying that he means that much to me, he means that much to the locker room, and I believe in him that much... I think we can forfeit one other guy. I mean, come on, what is Malik Taylor going to be Devontae someday? He's not. He might become a a role player, and we might really like him, and maybe he can do a little of this or that or the other thing or whatever. But Rodgers, I think Rodgers' words should weigh at least that much. Because, again, remember, the guys that we, it's not just the top-end guys, it's the guys at the bottom. Kumaro fell below those guys. I think Rodgers should carry that much weight. But, again, it's sort of the logistics that I have a problem with because... (sighs) I just, I don't know, you got to remember these things take months, months and months and months and months of evaluation, having meetings, Gutekunst, Lafleur, all these guys talking, meeting, talking, meeting, talking about, you know, depth and how good they're developing, how important they are, the different roles, and do we have each guy to fill these roles, and there's so much that goes into it. If you talk about days and weeks and months of all these things, and then you after you finally find like think how hard it is to do a 53 if you haven't done one try to do one just doing one just real quick is hard but then imagine doing it to the in-depth level that they do it looking at the scheme looking at the injury history the contracts the long-term getting Russ Ball involved and all this work that goes into it and then you bring Rodgers in and he's like "Nah, I like that guy better than that guy." I mean it's it, that's great and all but it's like dude, do you understand like now we got to rehash this whole thing. Now we got to like basically start this whole process all over again not just you know from the standpoint of us reshuffling this but talking to Rogers and trying to negotiate with Rogers and getting him to understand how we came to this point it's not easy that's a lot and, and and again I'm not I'm not trying to make lame excuses and I do think this is something that they should try to overcome as a hurdle but it's it's a problem and and a lot of people say well why don't you just have him involved in all of it from the start I don't think you can do that I really don't. I don't think you can have him in meetings where you're talking about getting rid of guys, especially if there's, you know, you're going to be talking about Rodgers a little bit. You just, you can't bring it up because he's in the room or what? It's just, I just, I don't see that as as viable. I don't see that as something you can do. The players have to be separated from the process of deciding who plays, who stays, who goes. And again, if you just bring him in at the end, he doesn't have any of the backstory. He doesn't have any of the, because it's not just a matter of how good you are at football. There's other things at play. So I would like them to try to figure something out even if you know, let's just go back to the Kumaro example, and I know we've made a big joke about that, how silly it is, but but I think it's I think it's actually a good example because again, it wouldn't have cost the Packers that much to just keep him instead of of the next lowest guy on the on the roster. Let's just say he went to Rodgers and said, "Give me your input on these guys." Right? I I don't know exactly how, but let's just say there's a pile of wide receivers. You know, you got your locks, and then we got these guys. We're having a hard time. We're trying to get through what you think we should do give me your input on these guys and he gives just a glowing review of Kumaro and and you know varying degrees of other things and they decide to cut whoever Jimmy John Bum trapper right he gets cut he's out of here he's a loser i hate him then you go back to Rogers and you say Rogers we really appreciate your input on this um, we were pretty convinced on cutting Kumaro but based on the information you provided us Um, we decided that he was a great fit for this organization and we really just, again, wanted to let you know, um, how much we appreciate it and let you know that, uh, you know, whatever that, that is essentially what we're saying. We're 41 minutes into this. I can't believe this. We have not taken a commercial break. Well, we probably have. I'll probably just slide it in there or not. I don't know. I don't know what to do, man. Anyways, now, dude, I feel like I've been talking for five minutes. This is crazy. This is how every podcast should be. Because um, how is it 41 minutes? I thought I started this at 7, and it's 7.25. <laughs> I guess not. I'm lost. in the. I'm a lost puppy in the world. Um, all right, free agency, though. Zero. And I, you know, maybe I'm missing something. Zero excuse for not having me involved. The only thing I can think is the Packers, like all organizations, but especially the Packers, are hyper top secret. Knock it off. In this regard, knock it off. When Rodgers started talking about, and, and this is a part where I'm I'm borderline getting teared up, how much he loves this organization and how he just wants to be used as an asset to help the team. And I swear, I almost wanted to reach through the screen, hug Rogers, find Gut, and just kick him right in the jaw. I mean, the, it's so simple to me. He, I mean, he's basically talking about like college recruiting. You could put Rogers on a jet. Seriously. I mean, first of all, just texting. Just having Rodgers, like, let's say we wanted Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman would come to there's almost no doubt. He's talked about how he would love to be here, all that stuff. And I bet you, I'll bet you any money, that's one of the guys Rodgers has has thrown up the food chain like we should bring Richard in here. And again, I think the Packers disregard that. They're like, "Get him out of here. He doesn't know what he's talking about, whatever." He said as much. Like I've I've offered suggestions, they won't even talk to me about it, and clearly they've never brought anybody in. And by the way, if they're doing that out of spite, then I'm not saying they are, but if there's any part of them that's like 50/50 and they're like, "Let's go with the guy that Rodgers didn't say because screw that guy." That needs to get knocked off right away because now you are hurting this franchise by being a petty child, and that needs to get knocked off real quick. What Rodgers is is saying is he really, really wants to win. He's not the GM. He has made boneheaded decisions and saying we should have kept this guy, and it was a terrible decision. They go on to have terrible careers. He's not a GM. But in free agency, even if even if it wasn't Rodgers' guy, let's say we want to go out and get uh, Rashad Perriman. Even if Rodgers never said anything about it, you you sit him down and be like, Look, we like this guy. What do you think? He's like, Yeah, he's fine. Okay, cool. Right. So you're you're kind of into it. You think you can do some recruiting for us? He's got so many contacts, so many resources. There's there's guys, I don't know where he plays anymore the Jets, or did he move on from the Jets? He's a Lion now, maybe. I think he might be a Lion. I don't know. He's got buddies everywhere. So while you're doing the the business side of it, he's working the back end. He gets Prashad's phone number. He's like, What's up, buddy? How you doing? how's it how's it uh, how's it going being a lion right uh what's up roger like how'd you get my like look look listen to me how about this me Devontae, some of the boys we hop on a jet we're gonna be in detroit in three hours you know we gotta we gotta drive to the jet i don't know if any of this is legal but just just bear with me we're gonna be in detroit or outside of detroit a little bit where it's where you can like walk outside meet us at this steakhouse we just want to hang out man We just want to hang out have a good time. By the way, totally top secret, do not tell anybody, especially your team or anybody else. We're just meeting for stakes. That's it. We're friends. We're just hanging out as friends. That's all we're doing. I'm telling you, I will bet you all the money in my wallet, which is upstairs and there's probably $8 in it. I will bet every one of those dollars that Brashad, at the end of that conversation, of sitting with the best wide receiver in football and the best quarterback in football, and they're just talking on a different level. He's been hanging out with the Lions and this team that's not going anywhere, that's in the middle of a rebuild. He's not even long-term enough to be there during the rebuild again. I don't know if he's actually a Lion. Just bear with me, all right? It's just a fake example. And I fully understand this is probably breaking some tampering rule, but again, it doesn't have to be exactly this. There's so many back channels. These football players, they all hang out. They all know each other. They understand things. They, he understands how to talk as a player, not just like two GMs throwing players around like bargaining pieces. Let and you know Brady's doing it. If if Brady Brady's on, the, he's working the phones. And Rogers is saying, "Just give me the opportunity to work the phones. Tell me what you want to do. Let me be an asset." He he flat out said, and I was shocked at the bravado of it. Although he's not he's not incorrect, and he kind of walked it back a little bit. He flat out said, people don't come here to hang out. They come here to play with me. And he goes on to say, and, and you know, the Packers, who are a good organization. No, he, he said what he meant, and he meant what he said. They're coming here because I'm here, because I'm an MVP, because I'm a freak, and they know with me they got a shot. And he's right. Use it. We have an, a completely unfair advantage, and we should be using it to our full well, advantage. A hundred percent. A hundred. Hundred percent. I don't care who it is. And yes, by the way, if Rogers has some input, you should listen. And you don't. And even Rogers said, I don't expect you to just say yes to everything I say. But I, you know, it shouldn't be as much as like he sends you a text message and you don't respond, or we'll look into it. If Rogers sends, if I'm the GM and Rogers, he calls me up and he's like, Hey, uh, I had a couple thoughts about some free agents. I wanted to run them past you. Guess what I'm doing. I'm clearing out a spot in my calendar, and I'm going to try to bump it up. I'm, I'm going to demonstrate to him that I want to hear that because guess what I do? And, and again, I do think, and this, I'm not saying it's just Gutekunst. I think this is a league-wide thing. Go go, see what happens when um, Cam Newton sends Bill Belichick a text message, like, I want to talk to you about some free agents. He will kick him off the team for even texting him. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? But look, it's he's not, he's not wrong. He's a smart guy. But it's, also, it's not just that he's smart, because again, Brian Gutekunst is a better GM, and if you disagree with that, then that's where we disagree. But he is a 17-year veteran. He does know some stuff. He understands what his strengths and his weaknesses are. But again, the biggest thing for me is what he said about essentially being a recruiter. If you want a guy, the best way to do it isn't necessarily to just talk to the GM. I mean, if it's a trade, that's that's maybe your only avenue. I get that. But look at Randall Cobb. I talked a little bit yesterday about, you know, why Randall Cobb when there's other bigger needs. Well, it's fair, and there are probably other guys that can come here that can make a bigger impact. How many of those guys are going to take a pay cut? You know why he took a pay cut? There's one reason he took a pay cut, and it's not Brian Gutekunst, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, okay, it's, it's, let's say it's 50% because he believes he can win a Super Bowl here and, and 50% Aaron Rodgers. But I, I would say it's even heavier in the favor of Aaron Rodgers because he could, he could have gone and taken a pay cut with Tampa. And if they don't want them, fine. There's a lot of contenders. That, uh, Buffalo, they've got a real good receiver. You think they couldn't use Randall Cobb for five million bucks? So I mean, it's kind of unfortunate that this is likely the last year, and that they didn't necessarily learn from this, and and we couldn't have been doing this all along. And I, I do think we've done a decent job with free agent. I mean, we you know again, Charles Woodson came here, Julius Peppers came here. We we had a good amount of guys that came because we are a championship team and all that stuff, and they chose to. Um, But I do think it could have been better. And I do think a lot of it was pride. And and, and again, I don't want to just throw that out there because I don't actually know it. But I do tend to think that's the thing. I, I think in their mind, which is, again, true of most organizations, Rogers, in a sense, crossed a line when he came into their world and said, I want to tell you what we should be doing. I want to give you advice on who to pick up. I want to tell you, you know, I want to be consulted based on draft picks, which, by the way, I think he should be a part of that process. Just like, but again, I was surprised how little, apparently, coaches are even involved in that. I thought that was stupid. You talk to GMs, and, and Brian Gutekunst is very adamant about this as well. Again, and this is where sort of that arrogance kind of comes from, or at least where I pick up on him maybe being a little bit arrogant. When you ask him about how much input the coaches have, he quickly dismisses that. He's like, well, you know, we, we talk to him beforehand and get an understanding of what they're trying to do. But, um, you know, it's basically we talk to him. We're like, yeah, so this is your plan. Got it. Got it. Good. I'm going to go get you something up. It's kind of like if you went to a restaurant, and rather than letting the person pick, you kind of get to know him for a few minutes, and then you go cook them something. I, I, never underst- I never understood that process. I understand that you want him to be the evaluator, but I want the coach to describe in detail, I want this guy. I need a guy. I, the most important thing I need is a tight end who can do this, this, and this. That is the most important thing for this football team is this particular guy. And, and if you want to even go a little further and say, I've been watching some tape, that guy over there at uh, Oregon, you know, that kind I'm not saying you got to get the guy. I'm just kind of saying, you know, did a little bit of something, a little something. But again, the way that it typically works is I get a general understanding of how, not Josh, yeah, that's obviously unfair. They have a very good understanding of how the football team works. But at that point, it's, it's moving on with our process. And in a sense, it's the GM that builds the team. And I I guess prior to, you know, the way I used to think that this worked, is it was kind of the coach that that ran the team and said, this is what I need. I need this tight end. And then the GM goes out and finds him. That doesn't seem to be the case. It's not the coach that builds the team and the GM is kind of an assistant. I mean, I know he was above the coach, but in terms of his job, the coach says, I need these pieces. And the GM's like, all right, I got it. And he goes out and finds them. That's not how it works. The GM says, this is how we're building a team. And your job is to coach my team. And I just, I don't know. I thought that was always a weird thing. <sighs> that was a lot. I ser- I'm i not kidding. I feel like I've been talking for 10 minutes. I have never had this happen before. I mean, I've had it kind of happen like this before, but never like this. This is insane. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're done. I, it's been almost an hour. I really want to get into what Gutekun said. I want to get into what Lafleur said. And we got all this training camp stuff. Uh, but we are we're at an hour. And that makes me sad. I could do a second podcast. <laughs> I, I, I would almost consider it just knocking out a second one here for and be two days ahead but uh, with the amount of news coming out, I can't do that. Uh, we're gonna I, I didn't even we, we signed players um, not just Randall Cobb we brought in a left tackle very excited. I haven't really even dug into them yet I got people asking me on on social media. by the way if you're if you're messaging me on Facebook social media, text messaging me whatever and I'm not responding. I'm not mad at you. Uh, Please don't think I'm a jerk. You got to understand, this is literally becoming a full-time job, just responding to messages. And I don't, I'm not saying stop talking to me at all. I'm just, I, by the end of the day, I was burnt out with all the stuff going on with the Packers and all that stuff on top of, you know, losing sleep last night for doing Matt Ramage's show and having a full-time job and, you know, got a long drive back home from work and I got family stuff and I got a new freezer. I had to go unbox that and set that. And I got all the home stuff, right? Got to take care of the baby all day. And then I look and I've got like eight messages. I got people on Facebook blowing me up. I got people on uh, Twitter blowing me up. I, you know, I, I generally keep conversation wide open. If you want to reach out and just be like, hey, what's up? That's cool. And I got, I've got a big pile of people that talk to me almost daily, just talking football. But uh, just so you know, it's getting to the point of being overwhelming. And I always said if the show ever blows up, I might get to the point where I have to close DMs and uh, go that route, but I don't want to. But I think right now I'm just kind of at the point where I'm just taking kind of brain breaks. And if I don't respond at all, it's probably because I just said, I can't answer that right now, and then I just forget you even sent me one. But I got I got to just cut it off at some point because it uh, it's a lot. What I need is a secretary. That's what I need. I'm taking... Um, taking applications. There is no pay. <laughs> just You just got to organize all my stuff because I am scattered. And um, anyways, I, I guess we're done. I really, I'm, I'm very upset. I'm not going to lie. I'm real upset, but um, I don't have a choice. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you with lots and lots of information tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.